This is Shifting Our Schools, episode 69, from BKK to Eduro. Listen up, educators. Are you looking to take your classroom to the next level? The technological shift in education is happening right now. If you're looking to integrate technology into your classroom, you're in the right place. Welcome to Shifting Our Schools with your host, Jeff Udick. Well, welcome back to Shifting Our Schools. Thank you for tuning in this week. So glad to have you as a listener. And thank you for continuing to spread the word about uh, the Shifting Our Schools podcast to your teacher colleagues and friends. It's uh, been fun to watch our audience grow over this past year, and we really appreciate you continuing to spread the word. It's been a a fantastic week this last week, uh, being able to talk both with parents and with students. Yesterday, I was up in Marysville School District here in Washington State, uh, and I got to spend all day, periods one through six, uh, with students, as we took some twelfth, we took twelfth graders. I was working with a teacher, uh, Carrie Hill, in Marysville, and we took all of her twelfth grade students and gave them all blogs. Uh, they're going to be blogging and reflecting on their twenty percent project she is doing with them, and then there's also another class that was writing for publications. And we we really focused in on with the students about the power of having an internet presence. I made them all Google themselves and found out that most of them have nothing out there. We talked about having a LinkedIn profile. And I think I'm going to go back next semester and actually help the kids set up a LinkedIn profile because I truly believe in today's day and age, every senior should graduate with a LinkedIn profile. So I'm really excited to be working with these seniors and prepare them for their next steps. And then last week, last Thursday, actually, uh, I had a, a, a chance to uh, do a parent night with Richland School District here in Washington State, kind of in the middle of the state, uh, where I presented uh, to parents uh, to kind of kick off their one-to-one program. They've got one-to-one six through 12 this year. And the really cool part was we got to launch our Eduro Learning hashtag Hey Lookup series for parents. It's an email series for parents. And where this is coming from is in August of this year, We did a little market research ourselves uh, with both schools and parents and asked both schools and uh, school administrators, sorry, school leaders and school administrators and parents, uh, where are you at with technology? How can we support you? And our research showed that 89% of parents would like their schools and districts to offer trainings around technology for parents, 89%. At the same time, school leaders, principals and superintendents, 97% said that they would like to offer training for parents around technology use. So 90% of, 97% of school leaders say they want to offer this training, and 89% of parents say they'd really appreciate some training. And guess what we do at Eduro Learning? We offer this kind of training. This is what we do. So we have all sorts of resources at Eduro Learning to support both schools and parents in talking the same tech language. It's really important to bring the entire community along. If you go to Eduro Learning, learning.com. That's E-D-U-R-O learning, all one word, Eduro learning.com and click on parents at the top. You'll see a parent link at the top. You're going to get a ton of both free and very inexpensive resources to support both schools and parents and talking this same language with students. Also, as part of this, because of what came out of the research, we have launched a new free email series for parents called hashtag hey look up we're also going uh, with social media on this that's why we're using the hashtag and 
really what parents told us was they wanted information in small chunks that they could view on their phones. That was, that became out really because parents are going all over the place, you know, but you have 10 minutes here and 15 minutes there. So we were trying to figure out what's the easiest and best way we can get on your phone. And so we have created a six part, six week email series. It's completely free for parents. And so what you can do is you can sign up for the newsletter at uh, the hashtag Hey Look Up newsletter. And what will happen is you will get one email a week for six weeks. And let me give you what these weeks are. So week one, the email is all about how much time online is too much time online. Week two, putting limits on your child's screen time. Week three, three habits for managing our mini digital devices. Week four, staying safe online. Week five, strategies for managing social media with your kids. And week six, it's all about the conversations, talking to your children about their digital life. And so it's really a six-week series that builds on top of each other. Here's the only catch, because we are trying to spread this message and we want people to share is when you sign up for the email series, you are going to get the first email. And then a week later, you'll get the second email. And then a week later, you're going to get the third email. And in that third email, there's going to be a link that you have to, you have to share the Hey Look Up series somewhere on social media. You can share it on Twitter. You can share it on Facebook. You can share it on Pinterest. We don't care. We just want you to share it to your teacher friends or your parent friends. Once you share it, all you have to do is share Share it. Once you share it, it will unlock week four, five, and six for you. And then you just continue to get the emails. But we're trying to build some momentum here so that we are helping parents and uh, teachers and schools. And that's really what we're about here. And our market research is showing that there's a need for this. And we need your help to help spread this message. If you are a tech coach, uh, this I think is a, a great thing that you can send out to your parent community. Maybe it's in a parent newsletter. Uh, all the information can be found on the Eduro website, and that's E-D-U-R-O, edurolearning.com slash parents, or you go to edurolearning.com and you click on parents. And of course, there'll be resources all over the SOS podcast page. I will put links, direct links in the show notes of this podcast. So if you can find the show notes uh, on your phone as you're listening to this podcast, you can click and go instantly to all of those resources we have there. But there's a real need right now in our communities about helping both parents and schools come together to have these conversations. And we're hoping that we can provide some of those resources for you. Uh, there's just really good resources for parents, again, all over the, all over the website. So um, please make sure you check that out. This week, though, for you teachers out there, our free PDF as we continue our launch of our Connected Teacher is Who Do You Follow When Starting Your PLN? It's a great little PDF for anyone that has a Twitter account or is on social media or anyone looking to start breaking down the walls of their classroom and connecting to other classrooms around the world. It's just a a great free PDF of how do you get started in understanding building your personal learning network. Also this week... Uh, we have a bundle of courses on sale. We are putting a flash sale on our digital literacy in the connected classroom course bundle. 
Uh, it's usually $69, but for this week, as part of our Connected Teacher launch, you can get this three-course bundle for just $25. It's three courses for $25. Bucks. Here are the three courses you'll get when you sign up for the Digital Literacy in a Connected Classroom. Course one, fake news and the responsibility to be digi- digital literate. Course two, respectfully disagreeing as a resilient digital citizen. And course three, breaking down classroom walls to build bridges. These are courses for teachers to give you resources, ideas, and suggestions to bring these conversations into your classroom. It's a fantastic, quick three-course bundle on sale for $25 this week only. So you're going to want to head over to sospodcast.org. And then up at the top, you will see a link that says CT for Connected Teacher. Or again, all the links will be in today's show notes and you can just click on them there and head right on over. So you can, again, head over to sospodcast.org slash CT and that will take you directly to our Connected Teacher information. If you are interested to go even deeper in your learning, don't forget our Connected Teacher micro-credentials launching soon. You can learn more about that. You can watch videos from teachers who have already gone through the micro credential, talking about how it has changed their classroom, ways they've connected their kids outside of the classroom walls, and so much more about our connected teacher. Uh, micro-credential, and just the resources we have about becoming a connected teacher. So, all right. This week, Chrissy Kim and I put away our meeting agendas and uh, kind of back away from the day-to-day of running the business to stop and reflect about how in the world did we get here? <laughs> so we just took some time and uh, very off script, especially for our meeting agendas and the way that we usually run our meetings because we are a, a global company. Usually when we're online, we have a, a very strict agenda that uh, Kim does a really good job of keeping us uh, keeping us our, our toes to the fire to make sure we get through it. So everybody is online for as, as little as time, a little time as possible. But for this, this, uh, about a 40 minute session, half hour session or so, we decided no agendas. And we just wanted to talk about how did we get here? How did three teachers who all happen to be teaching at the same time at a school, uh, end up, you know, going from being three teaching colleagues to offering a programming, creating businesses that consult with schools, create online courses, create parenting resources, partnering with universities to offer master's degree programs. It's just unbelievable when you stop and reflect on uh, the journey so far. And so that's really what we wanted to do is give you kind of an insight of, you know, who is uh, Chrissy, Kim, and Jeff? What are our backgrounds? Where do we come from? Uh, And how in the heck did we get to a place that we are uh, running this company called Edura Learning? So I hope you really appreciate this little... um, a little reflection, a little memory gathering, us trying to remember exactly how it all happens. It seems like yesterday, but uh, I hope you enjoy us just kind of talking about how we went from being teachers in the classroom to running a global business. And with that, on with the show. All right. Well, welcome everybody to another episode of Shifting Our Schools. I'm so excited that I have uh, my two favorite partners uh, with me here this evening. Uh, Kim Cofino is joining us from Thailand and Chrissy Hellyer from New Zealand. So before we get started, we're going to spend some time, uh, for better or for worse, reminiscing tonight uh, on just how we got to where we are today. Um, but before we do that, I, I, I really want both of you to kind of tell your story to all of the listeners uh, of shifting our schools. So Kim, let's start with you. Like how, where did you start as a classroom teacher and how did you get to where you are today? 
Oh boy. Okay. I'll try to make it short. I, my best friend from high school went as a intern to Munich International School the last, the year after she graduated university. We went to visit her, thought it was awesome. I wanted to do it, ended up taking over her job. So my first teaching job was actually at Munich International School. Loved it. Didn't know that I was going to love it as much as I did. Loved it. Had a super supportive administrative team. They basically sponsored my uh, teaching credential and my master's degree, which was amazing because when I went, I went as an intern without any of that stuff. Did all my teaching practice there. Did, like everything happened at Munich International School. And while I was there, I was the intern in the computer lab at the time. Wow. And my whole family comes from like a techie background because my parents worked for IBM. So I grew up going to like IBM parties and like kind of having lots of computers around the house. So it all felt really natural for me. Anyway, that all was like perfect. Just one of those random things that all worked out perfectly. Ended up staying there five years, got my teaching license and my master's degree in education, built up their technology integration program from computer lessons when I got there to being fully integrated by the time I left. And the only reason I left after five years is because of visa limitations in Germany. That's one of those things like after five years, you don't get your um, taxes back and it was a uh, big chunk of money. So we tricky. wanted to get that money back. Go somewhere else um, now. Exactly. So then we went to Malaysia and while I was in Malaysia was when I started using Twitter and kind of building up my personal learning network from there, went to ISB, worked with both of you guys, which was awesome. Yay. Then went to Japan for five years and now I'm back in Thailand again, running Enduro from my home right here from your home office yeah yeah eduro i mean we've got three we got four offices we were counting the other day like we're literally a global it's everybody's home but we have four offices uh globally chrissy from the very bottom of new zealand now if you listen to last week's podcast i gave a little hint about this that you and i figured out when we were using google maps that we're like literally the same latitude only completely opposite i know i can't cool. get over how i know um, how impressive that is when you point that out to other That's educators. It's so quite cool. funny. So they Chris, don't tell believe us a little it. bit about your story. Oh my goodness, my story. Well, I'll try to keep it short too. Um, I came to teaching later in life in my late 20s after having various office jobs and, and working in the banking industry, believe it or not. Always wanted to be a teacher and then finally had the opportunity to go to teacher's college. When I started in the classroom as a classroom teacher, I had one computer sitting in the mm -hmm. corner and then the school that I was at at the time, the primary school, uh, built a flash new computer suite and we would toddle on off to the suite with the whole <laughs> class once a week and we'd have um, actually a visiting person who would come in and take the kids for a computer lesson in the suite and then they would go away and we would have two weeks to do our task <laughs> and, and then he would come back and teach us the next step and, and I this? loved like, it. Give me a year. Like. <laughs> oh God, that'll really date me, won't it? <laughs> um, in the, in the 19, late 1990s. Okay. Okay. All right. <laughs> so and very, then, yeah, it's very similar to like when I started teaching. Like so we didn't have somebody come in and teach computers, but that's kind of a no. cool... Yeah, it was kind of cool. So it was kind of yeah. like a consultant. So yeah. wow. I was very used to the consultant coming in model, even way down in little old New Zealand. And then I kind of moved to another school where I um, actually was given a digital classroom and we were sponsored with a company called SciTech and they would give us all this different equipment to play around with. 
and we had to give them feedback on um, how it worked in the classroom and what were best practices with it. And so there was only allowed to be one school in every province in New Zealand that had this, and I was lucky enough to be the classroom in the province oh, wow. that I was working in. So it was great. We had digital weather stations. We had sound boards. We had robots. We had interactive whiteboards. We had sound systems. We had all sorts. It was phenomenal. And I guess that's really where... Um, I started getting into how do you leverage technology in the classroom to make learning amazing for kids. And then through that, I got to work online with Kim in her class when she moved to Malaysia and then eventually got to the opportunity to go on holiday and meet up with her face to face and then join you guys, all of you, in, in um, ISB in Thailand. So I got to live in Thailand for five years and then moved to Australia and uh, started our Australian branch of a Duro Learning <laughs> in Australia. But now I've moved back to my home country and I'm way back down the bottom of New Zealand this yeah. time. Yeah, we, moved, we moved our Australian branch to New Zealand. Yeah, <laughs> yes. that's how global we are. We've already moved capitals. Our Asian capital has moved. Um, so it's so it's so great. And um, you know, uh, at some other point, I think the two of you telling your story as well of meeting online and having your classes connect, and then you going on holiday and meeting Kim face to face. Like you guys were friends online before you were. Uh, you know, face to face. It's just part yes, of that. Kim let the stranger, this complete yeah. <laughs> stranger into her home and let me stay for like yeah. five days, wasn't it? Uh, yeah, but you weren't like a stranger. Like I always I say, it was the body of the mind I already knew. <laughs> oh, I like that. Connected with. It's just yeah. your your physical yeah. form. Yeah. yeah Which great. is why Chrissy runs our connected teacher micro credentials. Like she's been <laughs> doing this for a really long time. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it's very, very cool. But uh, as you can probably tell from the story that Bangkok is where our reminiscing is going to begin today. And we're going to really talk about um, how did we get to this point in time? Cause I think it's really good for the three of us to sit and reflect on that. And it actually starts with what we've been talking about the last couple of weeks on the podcast, which is our COTEL program, certificate of educational technology and information literacy. Um, and it started in, in 2000. I showed up in 2008. Kim, I think you were there the year before that or two years before that. Uh, and Chrissy was a year after me. So the three of us kind of came in year by year by year. Um, no, I think I started the we, same year as I came in the same, the same year, year as me. You were just late. Yeah, but I that's was right. just were the, two weeks late. That's right. You were two <laughs> weeks higher. That's right. We came in the same year together. Um, but really what it, I mean, it's, it's one of those fascinating things of like, how did we end up here? And I don't think any of us thought that one day we'd be running a global company. We're all educators who are supposed to be teaching little kids. And, and here we are. And Kim, maybe I'll start with you because you were really, you were there on ground zero when the International School of Bangkok, where we all ended up working, decided that they wanted to offer a credential program to teachers. So kind of talked about that before even Christy and I showed up, kind of like, what were the conversations at the school? So the school had had a history of running 15 credit certificate programs that led to a master's degree through SUNY. And the ones that they had done before were, um, I think, educational leadership, and there might have been one other one. So they had had these programs at the school over the years. 
And the director of curriculum at the time, Ann Straub, was like, all right, we've done these. Almost everyone who's interested has taken them. We need something different. The school is really interested in moving towards an integrated technology model. We want to start bringing in that kind of one-to-one -one environment. What can we do? What can we build that's very similar along that same model, but tailored towards teachers using technology in the classroom? So at that time, it was me, Justin, Dennis, and I think it was Stephen Lehman, but I, I hope I'm not wrong. Yeah, it must have been Stephen Lehman. And Anne said, can you take these courses that SUNY has available and can you make them relevant for us? Because as Jeff always likes to say, one of the courses on the list was like the microcomputer in the classroom or something yeah. like that. So awesome. And just to, so we, to clarify, SUNY is State University of New York, so it's a university system. But anyway, go ahead. Yeah. Yep. Um, and they had a special office that was for international schools. So they run certificate programs all over the region. So it was like really common to have one of those kind of programs at your school. Anyway, so we started planning what we decided to call Cotail, which in retrospect, perhaps if we had <laughs> thought it would last as long as it has, we may yeah. not have come up with that exactly. <laughs> um, but we started planning those courses, knowing that we were going to um, facilitate them the following academic year, which is when Jeff came in. So we had kind of written the courses in the curriculum and then Jeff came in and we, all of us got the opportunity to teach them that first year that Jeff was there, 2008. And we ran a cohort of about 40 people over yeah. a year and a half. And that was so popular that after that year and a half was over, we ran another cohort of about 30 people. And that's yeah, how it and I think the crazy thing is, if you remember back to 2008, like it's so fascinating. Like I still have this picture of us running one of our Saturday classes and Twitter is like less than eight months old, right? In 2008, Twitter is like, I think it was just over a year old because I think it started in early 2007. But I still have this picture on one of our Saturday classes. We were streaming on Ustream TV back in the day. Yep. And so I have this picture of like- that pile uh, of books. Yeah, the pile of books yeah. and the camera <laughs> on top. Like it was so hacked together. Uh, but it was, it was incredible. And we did take 40 teachers through that program that first year. And Chrissy, were you that first cohort? I was. I yeah. am um, one of the foundational graduates of the Cotel program. I'm very yeah. proud of that. Yeah, you should be. So we did this. It took about a year and a half. It took three semesters to kind of go through the program. Mm -hmm. um, and I think we didn't, even, we didn't even know at the time, I think, how powerful the program was and a big part of the program and the way that you, Kim and Justin, everybody set it up was this idea of being uh, focused on reflection. Uh, and so having every teacher, even back in that day, we didn't have like the Kotel website. Every teacher had a blog spot blog <laughs> that we made them set up and uh, they had to reflect all of their assignments were reflections on blogs. And that became a really powerful, I think, um, way to demonstrate the learning from the school. Um, so from we there, had no idea it was going to be like that. We just knew no. that's what we wanted to see our students doing. So we yeah. wanted the teachers to be getting the experience of doing it. Yeah. And so then the next year, it was so popular. The next year, I think we had 35 teachers signed up. Uh, so over two years, we took 75 of, I don't know, 150 teachers or so. It was almost, I'm going to guess it's about half the staff went through this program. And then some like Chrissy, you went on and got your master's degree, correct? I did, yes, yeah. yes, and, and did my um, action research project in blogging, and does it make a difference to students' writing? Yeah, because you were teaching fifth grade at the time. Uh, yes, I was, yeah. yes, two yeah. years of teaching fifth grade, so that was a really great project to do, and I'd been blogging before I'd come to ISB, I remember 
Jeff writing a blog post about me arriving. Like I might not know where the toilets are, but I've got my kids blogging already. Yeah. Yeah. And he was right. I didn't know where the toilets were. <laughs> but yeah. we had our blog set up. So for, yeah, for me, Kotal was phenomenal because it kind of fit side by side with what I was, what I already believed. And um, if you don't already believe that reflection is a powerful tool for students, then Kotal certainly showed you the power yeah. of reflection. Yeah. And so from there, I think from the two years, and you guys can help me because it's been a while now. Um, I think if I remember right, Taipei, uh, from, from what I remember, Taipei contacted us and said, hey, we hear you're doing this really cool thing. Would you guys want to come do it here? And so I ended up spending weekends flying to Taipei and back. I think it was like eight times in a year or something stupid. It was like every other weekend I was headed to Taipei, it seemed like. Um, and we, we started this idea that if we could get cohorts of 25 um, we were really starting to see changes within schools. Um, and so that was one of our like first outside of our own school, taking this program and, and putting it in another school. And then Kim, you, when did you leave for, for Yokohama? Your, I was there for two years two with years. you guys. So, and then so went that to Yokohama. That, so that would have been that year. I was flying to Taipei. You moved to Yokohama, Japan, and you bring Kotel. And how many teachers did you take through? We had two YS cohorts, but it was all for all Tokyo because schools are much smaller than, right. you know, schools in big, like Southeast Asian cities. So it was teachers from all around Tokyo, which was actually awesome because there was, not that this happened all the time at ISB, but there was no opportunity to like commiserate about limitations at our individual school because there was so many different schools there and we all had to like connect and find opportunities to collaborate and work together. And YS was super, super, super supportive of the program so that all of our Saturday sessions, basically over both cohorts, they ended up being like weekend workshops. We would have, you know, Chris Betcher came in, Andrew Churches came in, Alan Levine came in. I can't even remember how many people I was able to bring in because the school was so supportive to kind of build up Ear Coast weekend workshops. So people would come get the Ear Coast weekend workshop as part of Coattail and meet other people from around Japan. And I know it sounds crazy because Japan is physically small, but everything's so great in your like individual little world that you live in. The schools are so wonderful. Your apartment's so like technologically advanced that you don't look out very much. It's all very kind of like looking for internal. Um, so this, I think Coattail really brought a lot of external input into not only our school, but the other schools that participated. And that was really valuable. Mm, I know, especially cool. for YS, because that was yeah. there. Yeah, very cool. And I don't know where it went from there. It, like, snowballed. It kind of got out of control. Well, I remember you had the NIST cohort, right? Oh, that's right. So there was a cohort in Bangkok, but in Bangkok. hosted at NIST. Yeah. But then I think when it spiraled out of control is when we started the Ear Coast cohort. Yes. Because then we suddenly realized we could do this online. Yeah. And so Ear Coast is like a, a regional they're like a regional body that over supports schools. And so at the, the annual conference, whatever your annual conference is, um, we decided to have this core. And I think that was a big changing point. Now that you bring that up, I didn't even think about that because before that we were looking at like, you needed a school to commit and that school had to bring 25 teachers where all of a sudden we were like, okay, but what if there's one teacher at that school and two teachers at that school, we can create a group of 25, but having them from all different schools. And that's where we kind of, started moving things online. And, and from there, uh, we ran a cohort in, uh, New Delhi, Chiang Mai or not Chiang Mai, uh, uh, Chennai, 
Chennai, India. Thank you, Chennai, India. Um, Saigon South, SSIS had a cohort. Uh, Seoul Foreign School had two cohorts that I flew into Seoul for. And the thing kind of, and then we, and then in 2012, I moved back to the States and we took the entire thing online. And so that's where we had, I think Lissa, when I interviewed Lissa, she was, before we were in like online one, online two cohorts, it was like online 2012, 2013. Like we had yes. no idea what we were doing. Yeah. Um, and then where, where we kind of ended up today with Eduro is, is that continued to grow. And uh, people were graduating from the Kotel program and saying, we want to continue our learning. What's next? And then... I think it was at a learning two conference, Kim, you and I sat down and we were kind of like, okay, what would this look like if we created like the next Kotel? Yep. Yeah. That was it. Yeah. In Singapore. Yeah. And then out of that came Eduro Learning and, and here we are today. And now Eduro has merged with Kotel. So we're all one company again. Um, but through that process, I mean, we've taken, we've graduated over a thousand educators through the Kotel program, which is crazy. What has kind of been your biggest like really like un- unexpected consequence of that whole thing. And Chrissy, along the path, Chrissy became an instructor of Kotel because we needed another instructor. And like, it just, it really snowballed really fast uh, for us. But like, what was like, Kim, I'll start with you. Like when you reflect back, like what's something like we didn't really know what we were doing and it just kind of like was, oh my gosh, that was really, really cool. Or we created something awesome. Literally everything. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I know you want me to pick one thing, yeah. but literally everything. I mean, I, I really think that I had no idea when I was just sitting around in a room with all of you guys thinking about what would be an interesting curriculum for teachers, what would make it practical, what would make it relevant, what would make it authentic for them, how can we help our individual school of ISB kind of level up what we're doing in terms of technology. Never in a million years would I expect that what is it, almost 10 years later that I would be working full-time for myself in a home office, also still living in Bangkok, yeah. <laughs> um, but I never would have expected any of that. So honestly, really, I, I, it's very hard for me to pick yeah. one thing. Yeah, and really, I think the, the cool thing that came out of it too is you really started to focus in on this idea of coaching, you know, where you are now running our coaching micro-credential and that, and I mean, you were a coach in the role within your schools, but you also brought a lot of that to the Kotel program. And then with Eduro gave you that, like, what is that next step? And, oh, what if we had some, um, you know, so I think that was really cool too, is just finding your passion and be able to let that shine. Absolutely. And I also think just as a very small aside, we have all taken online courses, whether it's for university or for like renewing teacher credit, we've all been through those online courses. And when I was at ISB, the first year I was there, I took an online course, you know, to renew my certificate or whatever. Yeah. And it was so awful. Just everything about it was, was wrong. You know, it was about quantity, not quality. It was about regurgitating the information that the instructor posted. It was about the number of posts we hit. We had tests we had to take that were yeah. t- open book tests. I mean, how could they be <laughs> not open book tests? You can't see me. But I had all that stuff happening. And I think going through designing Cotail and facilitating Cotail and learning within the Cotail program has helped me understand that online learning is really powerful if you do it right. And I think that's like a huge shift for so many people because all of us have been through these like terrible online courses and it's really hard to actually see that they can be amazing. And I think Cotail is one of those 
examples of making things amazing. And I know we've modeled the coach, the one-to-one teacher, and the connected teacher, our Aduro micro-credentials off of the Coattail model. And running those cohorts right now, I'm like, yes, this is what online learning should be. Conversations like this. It's quality over quantity. It's collaboration and community and connection and building that personal learning network so you can be an engaged and empowered learner like forever. Yeah, I love that. Chrissy, how about you? What was kind of like the thing as you reflect back on like, what the heck, what did we do? <laughs> how did we build that? I think it's the fact that it's something that is not only tangible, but it's relevant mm. and you can apply it no matter what situation you're in, in a learning environment. Like it just, it's one of those things that, it really doesn't matter what's going on. Learning has to happen and the Kotel program and the kinds of learning that we do in Aduro Learning make it so that you can apply that learning into the context that you're in. And I just think that there is no point in reinventing the wheel or doing busy work when you can be doing targeted, authentic, meaningful, relevant learning with for yourself and for the kids that you're working with or even for the adults that you're working with and that's something that Kotel and Aduro Learning does extremely well yeah. and it's because of those experiences that Kim talked about earlier about we've all done that awful online learning yeah. and it doesn't have to be that way and it shouldn't be that way. Yeah and I agree with you like especially t- especially teacher online courses. Like why would I have you learn a new idea or theory or approach and then have to go respond to three other people in the discussion when you have little experiments running around in front of you every day, like experiment on them, see what works, you know, try out the theory, try out this approach and then come back and reflect on that. Like what worked, what didn't work. And I think that was that whole cycle of here's an approach go try it out. And then what I call closing the loop. The most important part is reflecting on what did you do? What did you see? And how did that work for you? Um, I think that, you know, is something that, that our actionable item and then reflecting on what you did is, is such a, such a huge piece. I think for me, you know, the thing that I didn't foresee like back at ISB or even in the first five or 10 years, it's just the incredible community that has been built around Kotel. Like hashtag Kotel is when I need somebody internationally, I just like, I'm looking for somebody somewhere, hashtag Kotel. And there is always a Kotel person willing to step up because a big part of that program is understanding the whole idea of the connected teacher, right? Like if you're connected, you open up opportunities for yourself and for your kids. And to the point where like I get all all the time and the latest, the last one I I used was just here locally. um, We're in a social studies classroom. They were talking about they were studying Middle East and I was like, oh, I know I find people in the Middle East. And so I was just like, anybody want to spend 15 minutes with ninth graders? Hashtag Kotel. And I get a assistant superintendent who had gone through the Kotel program in Riyadh, Saudi Arabia. And Lissa and her husband, who happened to be tech coaches in Kuwait, are like, yeah, we'll, we'll wake up and give 15 minutes for, and all the time I have teachers like, how do you know where to find them? I was like, find them? They're like, you're part of a community and it's this massive community that all thinks the same way. And to me, that was like, we, I, we had no, I mean, Twitter was a year old. We had no idea 
that this community of over a thousand educators that are around the world was going to create an incredible, um, just an incredible rich community of educators who are passionate about breaking down the walls for their kids and, and being open. And some of the blogging projects, like you talked about, Chrissy, you know, what you were doing in your first year with blogging with fifth graders really became for those first couple of years. If you remember Kim, like there was a lot of blogging projects with kids. There was quad blogging projects within Kotel and, you know, Ben Sheridan, who became an instructor for us, had his kindergarten kids write a book and publish it in I in the iBookstore. I mean, there were so many really amazing, authentic things that came from that that I think is pretty pretty incredible. So, um, yeah. Anything else you want to just like? How is all this kind of how? So along the way, I'll just set this up. Along the way, uh, SUNY decides that they're going to have some internal problems. I'm going to try and say this the best way I can. Um, State University of New York has some internal issues and decides that um, they no longer want to offer that master's degree through the Kotel program. And so we parted ways and it was fine. I know it was fine because the University of Kentucky, who we've been talking to now for the last couple episodes, actually did a reference check on us and called SUNY uh, State University of New York and they had nothing but great things to say about us. So it wasn't us, it was just there was, things happened. Um, and, and now we're back to being able to offer this master's degree, which I think was always a big part of it, is being able to learn something in a completely different way, a different type of learning environment that I think most anybody has been through when you talk about that online learning environment and being able to get a certificate that can lead once again towards a master's degree. You know, and this idea of being able to stack certificates on top of each other uh, that really boost your resume, really deepen your own understanding of teaching and learning in a connected world. I mean, there's just, I'm so excited to, to get back to that point in bringing Kotel and Eduro together and, and moving that forward. And we're already talking about bringing some of our other micro credentials into that uh, University of Kentucky fold. I just, I just, uh, I don't know how we ended up here, but it's kind of cool. <laughs> so. Cause it's good stuff. Yeah, it's good stuff. You guys want to add anything before we uh, call it a, reflection episode no I think you said what I was gonna say when you were about to ask us a question is it's really exciting to see that the growth of Cotail has allowed us to connect with another university and allowed us to build these other micro credentials because that's what Cotailers want they want to deepen their own professional learning and they want to be able to focus in on an area that's really relevant for them and so having the opportunity to be able to design those micro-credentials around coaching, around the one-to-one -one classroom, around being a connected teacher, so that people can have that really authentic and empowering online learning experience around a like, slightly more focused area. I think that, to me, that's the most exciting outcome yeah. at this point in time. Yeah, cool. Mm -hmm. Any final words from New Zealand? Well, I just think the opportunity to do something that really matters and yeah. works side by side with what you're doing with kids and learning anyway is a bonus in my book. Like, yeah. let's work smarter, not harder. Yeah. And that's exactly what Coattail allows you to do, especially if it allows you to get your master's or to get your stackable um, certificates whilst doing stuff that's really amazing for kids. Yeah. I, I can't think of anything better. Yeah. You get to apply it tomorrow, right? Like you get to learn it and apply it tomorrow. Okay. <laughs> it sounds so cheesy, I but know, it's it does. true. <laughs> <laughs> so 
true. It's so true. Well, thank you. Um, I appreciate you two taking time to go down memory lane and kind of give some background about how we got to where we are as both uh, Kotel and Udero Company. So uh, we are going to hang up here and we have a, another meeting right after this. So uh, until next time, we'll see you on the network. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Shifting Our Schools with your host, Jeff Udick. For more great content and to stay up to date, visit sospodcast.org, facebook.com slash Jeff Udick, and on Twitter at judick. If you enjoyed today's episode, please leave a review and subscribe, and we'll catch you next time on Shifting Our Schools.